0: Welcome back to the Fast Break. This is episode 63, and today we're going to be doing our Week 4 NBA Recap. I'm Ben Hicks, and I got Aaron to with me today. How you doing, Aaron? Doing good, Ben. Alright, so I guess uh, the first thing, most m- most notable thing that we can start with is the Cavs just beat the Nets for the second straight game, and the Cavs were coming off Nine straight games, but they hadn't scored 100 points, and now they put up 147 and 125 in back-to-back games. What's your initial thoughts on these Cavs-Nets matchups?
1: Well, I don't know if you were watching that first game, but it was crazy. I mean, Kyrie Irving, foul, or offensive foul, then they challenge it, and then it turns out it was they were right, and it wasn't an offensive foul, but then the Nets don't get the ball back, even though it was a Colin Sexton foul. And Then we go into the first quarter, and they throw up a terrible shot to Kevin Durant. Or no, maybe that was the second. Yeah, that was the first over or the first overtime. And then second overtime, Colin Sexton scores like, I think he scored like twenty straight points between both the overtimes or something. He's just like hitting pull up threes in transition, and the Nets can't guard anybody. I mean, their starters are playing forty five minutes, and Joe Harris is playing forty five minutes, and James Harden has to be a facilitator. And there- I mean, there's so many things we could talk about here. What were your initial thoughts?
0: Um. Really, that the Nets might have some issues. I, When we first heard the rumors that James Harden could be going to Brooklyn, uh, I was skeptical of it, and perhaps this could be overreaction. Obviously, this is the, only the first two games we've seen them play all together, and one of them was Colin Sexton's career night. Or even, I guess tonight, uh, Durant didn't even play, so maybe I am overreacting a little bit. But I just think uh, Kyrie, obviously having some personal issues recently, Harden's still a ball-dominant player. He's only taken 28 shots combined the past two games, uh, which is what he typically takes at least per every game. Um, I don't know. This Brooklyn team has just not seemed – just with with the guys they have on paper, this team looks like they're better than every team in the league, and they're 9-8 right now. So that's just mine. That's a reaction. The Cavs are the Cavs. They've got some young pieces. I don't – this team – could, could end up stealing an eight seed or be in that 9-10 range, but they're nothing too special. I just think the Nets, this could, this team could be concerning, and then if they get in a playoff series and they run into somebody that can score the ball, they're having defensive issues. This team could have issues come playoff time.
1: I agree completely with what you said about the Cavs and mostly what you said about the Nets. I mean, their defense is terrible, um, and they have no bench depth, and they – don't really have anyone that can play defense at the big man role or as a guard really. And they just aren't fitting right now. They're like taking turns on offense and James Harden is becoming a passer and they're like running ISO, but there's three all-stars on the team. And it's, it's really interesting. It'll be, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, yesterday there was a late game to, or uh, like final shot scenario, two seconds left. Who's going to take the final shot. They had Kyrie inbound, um, which, I, don't, I mean, that's an interesting decision. They got it to uh, KD in the post for a fadeaway. Um, I, I I mean, we've all been talking who's going to take the final shot. It, it, uh, I guess it went to KD in the end, but there's just a lot of questions. They're still a really good team. They won without Kyrie two or three games. I still think they're the favorites in the East to make it to the finals, but – we're seeing this young Cavs team really even reveal some holes here.
0: Exactly, that was that was gonna be my point. A team that spends this this much money goes that much over the luxury tax and has that many stars, you shouldn't really have uh, a hole, a hole or multiple holes. But this team does. They can't play defense. There's some chemistry issues. They don't have a solid big man. They really only have, only have DeAndre Jordan. There's still injury problems because Irving and Durant are still coming off significant injuries. Harden is. Uh, adjusting to, to a new situation. Steve Nash, I'm not sure how that experiment's really working out as, as a head coach with no prior experience. Like you mentioned, drawing up wacky plays and putting Kyrie as the inbounder when he probably should be a, at least getting the ball or a decoy maybe. But um, this team's got a lot of holes, and they're have to figure it out. I think they will. Like you mentioned, it's still probably the favorite in the East because of their star power. And I think these guys are all three clutch players who know how to take and make big shots. But um, regular season, this team has some, has some holes and could fall to the three or four seed that could uh, provide a major disadvantage in the playoffs with home-court advantage.
1: What do you think of a potential Kyrie Irving trade? Like, let's say Kyrie for Al Horford, Lou and picks, or Kyrie Irving for, I don't know, LaMarcus Aldridge and Patty Mills and picks. or a, a, It would probably be a big man and a defender if they can get that package. Um. What do you think of a potential Kyrie trade?
0: I find it very unlikely this year. Uh, if, it, if the Nets don't work out this year and they get bounced early in the playoffs, possibly like like the Clippers did this year, maybe it happens. Um, but I don't see it happening this year. I think they want to give it a year, try it out. They're not going to panic yet. Um, and really, I think the Nets are going all in. I don't think they're going to try to do two things at once with win now and build for the future. We've seen them try to do that before, and that caused a six-year recession of sorts where they were the worst team in the league for a long, long stretch. I think they're going all in, and in the games we've seen Kyrie, he looks like the best player on the court. He just came – he came off being out for three weeks and puts up 38, and – oh, he put up 38 tonight and how many – let's see, 37 the other night. So he's scoring the ball efficiently and in huge, huge spurts. So I don't – I wouldn't see him being traded.
1: Yeah, I think give it at least a year. I mean, the other team this has really affected is the Bucks. Honestly, they re-signed Gian- or Giannis, and so now they kind of have an excuse for if they don't win the finals or don't make it to the finals or get knocked out um, to even the Celtics or the Nets, they have the excuse for, hey, the Nets just built the super team. We got Giannis. We're going to be fine in the long run. And I think some of these potential playoff shortcomings, the Nets have kind of – save some other teams and the Bucks haven't looked amazing. They already have six or seven losses. They only had like 10 losses last year. So the whole season. So I think this is kind of affecting some other teams in the East where we could have a really interesting Eastern conference. Obviously there's the 76ers who've looked really good. Uh, I don't know how long Joel Embiid can keep this up, but he's playing really well. So this one trade has kind of shifted a lot of things around the league.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Um, the thing about the Bucks I want to mention is in the past, we've seen them beat good teams and prove they deserve to be up there. But this year, their losses are to uh, the Heat, the the Jazz, the Nets, the Lakers. They're losing to good teams, games that a team you think should be in the NBA Finals. Those are games you want to see them win, and most of those are home losses. So especially just last last night against the Lakers, they lose a home game. That's a possible NBA Finals rematch when all the media outlets think we're going to see. Uh, Giannis against LeBron, they're not winning those marquee matchups. So I think there are some some issues there as well. The team I want to mention that is over, that is overperforming now is New York Knicks. What are your thoughts on, on New York? Yeah, for sure. The Knicks are a
1: great team to talk about. Uh, their coach, Thibodeau, he's really given them a mentality and an identity. They're a really t- tough defensive team, really scrappy, really um, earning their wins. And this young team is, what, 8-8, eight 7-8? Eight, They're looking really good.
0: Yep, they're eight and eight, and statistic, statistically, just based on points allowed per game, they're they're the best defense in the NBA with a young team and guys not known for defense. But they're only giving up 102 points a game, which is outstandingly good. Um, it's it's rare for to a team to only give up about 25 and a half points a quarter. Um, it, they're eight and eight. They got some good wins, good road wins. RJ Barrett's playing good. Julius Randle putting up great numbers. Mitchell Robinson look looking like a future. Uh, Great double-double guy. Alfred Payton scoring the ball. Uh, Kevin Knox is kind of having a rebound year. This is a good team that I think will be in the play-on game at the end of the year.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think they'll definitely make the play-in. And I'm going to make the pivot uh, to force you to talk about the next team I want to talk about. You mentioned them earlier. The Bucks losing to the Jazz. I mean, that's a game the Bucks can't expect to win. Jazz second in the West. I mean... They're on a sixth game winning streak, uh, looking good. What do you think
0: about them, huh? Donovan Mitchell is a superstar. Obviously, Shaq criticized him post game last night to his face, and he just brushed it off, said he's been dealing with it his whole career. And really, he has the uh, smallest market in pro sports in Salt Lake City. And he's just, he's balling. Rudy Gobert getting that huge contract, not having his greatest season, but still a good double double guy. And, Mitchell is really leading them on a seven, six or seven-game winning streak, like you mentioned. Um, Gobert's double-double. Bogdanovich is 13 points a game. But Mike Conley and Jordan Clarkson, two under-the-radar guards, both, c- c- you, both you can consider veterans. And they're really excelling that team to another level. This Jazz team, I think, if you have me right now, seven-game series, Jazz Clippers, I'll take the Jazz.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, with all the Clippers problems, that's not a terrible take, but You're right, Jordan Clarkson, definite six-man-of-the-year candidate. Uh, Most points for a player coming off the bench right now, but, I mean, Shaq just hates the Jazz. You saw that random Rudy O'Bear beef on Instagram. came out of nowhere. This Donovan Mitchell stuff, you didn't even know who Christian Wood was a week ago. Called him a casual. I mean, Shaq doesn't know what he's talking about, but the Jazz are really good, Um, somewhat surprisingly even for me, so I'm really optimistic about them.
0: Yeah, the thing with me, I was surprised. Obviously, they're a good team, good playoff team. But Rudy Gobert, obviously, still having a good season. But I would expect him, especially after getting that contract, to have a, one of his better seasons. And it's really one if it's just in, an average season for him. And if they're still having the best season since uh, the duo of him and Mitchell were paired together. So I think they will be able to keep this up. And it will be interesting to see if they can.
1: Yeah, for sure. Who's the next team you wanted to mention?
0: Let's talk about the Raptors as we talked about them last week, and they're kind of making a comeback here. See, Occam's playing better basketball. They're winning games, winning games on the road, finally beating teams they should like the Raptors or like the uh, Hornets and the Bulls. So what are your thoughts on them? Do you think they can make a, a push and get back in the playoff hunt? They should be making a push. I think
1: uh, th- we kind of saw this coming. There's no way they could have finished second to last in the East, um, and I'm really hoping they can push it forward. Obviously Kyle Lowry is aging I don't know if he's hurt that much and Pascal Siakam is still trying to find his role but hopefully they can make it to a playing game obviously with all their depth they can um, hopefully maybe even win a playing round series or two or a game or two and make it into the playoffs because there's a lot of potential for them to do some good things.
0: Alright the last team I want to mention shorter episode today is the Orlando Magic who started 6-2, first in the East, and have now gone 1-6 and six in their last seven games to have a record of 7-8 and eight currently, not in the playoff picture. I thought it was a solid start like like they could have had, maybe get to possibly 11-4, 13-6, and could and and, uh, <clears throat> propel them to a lower seed in the playoff if they go mediocre the rest of the way. But their hot start was just right out the window with a bad week, bad two weeks, now under 500 already. This team has a lot of holes, still not good guard player. Markel Foles towards ACL, obviously. Vucevic still playing solid basketball, but not the uh, all-star caliber we've seen recently from him. What are your thoughts on the Magic?
1: Yeah, I'll, I have a couple teams I can mention before we wrap up. But with the Magic, obviously, there's that Cole Anthony buzzer beater that was uh, pretty crazy. They've really been mediocre in the past two or three years, and, I think this is kind of where they'll end up. They might be a 7 or 8 seed. They might be in the play, and I'm guessing they'll be around that range. But I'm not too excited about Magic basketball. They're pretty much the same team as last year, um, other than, obviously, Cole Anthony. Uh, So, another couple teams I can talk about, and you can kind of choose which one to focus on. Uh, There's the Grizzlies with John Morant coming back and winning four straight. Uh, COVID kind of ruining the Wizards and Bradley Beal's outlook. Uh, Jeremy Grant and the Pistons who we talked about with all NBA uh, Zion and kind of the hype around him, or if there is still hype around him and Trey young with loss of his confidence. I mean, uh, a couple, couple other teams we could maybe mention here.
0: Well, let's start with a Pelicans. So I saw a stat that in Zion's first game, he had four or five threes. And in every game since then he's, he's had a combined two threes. So he's beat really uh kind of a one-dimensional player and i'm surprised i think nba coaches they're starting to get dirt on him how to stop him how how to take him out of the game plan how to really make him uh just uh not an x factor so much and the pelicans are like they're not winning basketball right now let's see what the record is they are currently uh five and nine and 12 12 in the west oh wow They're still two and a half games out of the playoffs uh If you remember, they had that big draft class just last year, getting Zion, Jackson Hayes, and Kill Alexander-Walker. Hayes has been bad. Alexander-Walker is barely even playing. Um, If you look at their stats here, Brandon Ingram, I'm still pretty high on him. He's putting up 23, 5, and 6. Steven Adams having a down year. Zion obviously putting up big numbers. Josh Hart underperforming. Lonzo Ball not very efficient. J.J. Redick only 8 points per game. So, this team's got a lot of holes, that, once again, as we mentioned multiple times now. Um, I think this team might I, – I think the Thunder are, are better than them. I think the Kings are better than them. Mm. The Spurs might be better than them. The the Grizzlies definitely are. So, the, I think the, the Pelicans aren't looking too good to me. If, if they want to not waste the first years of Zion's career, this team's going to need a major upgrading at the trade deadline or in the offseason.
1: I mean, talking is better than them. We can – figure that out in our power rankings whenever we record that but with me i just zion's putting up the numbers what 26 24 around that range points per game 23 maybe but i don't know where the hype is he had a dunk or two against the kings that was pretty special but other than that i haven't seen too much about him he's supposed to be like the guy saving the nba face the league all the hype around him and with the pelicans they're like kind of mediocre mid bottom in the West and he's doing well, but I feel like there's kind of been a little of attention loss on him.
0: Yeah, that's a very good point. They're, they're bad, just to be quite honest. And the Nets yeah. obviously recently with Kyrie, they've kind of been the center of the league, still big media presence around LA, both teams, LeBron, especially. So I just think they've kind of taken a back seat. They're not, they're not winning It's not like everybody was anticipating his return. He's played every game so far this year, I believe. Um, There's just bigger stories, and I think especially people aren't as interested right now. It's not like we're waiting, oh, what's Zion going to do? Because he's not the best player in the league like he was in college anymore, and we're not anticipating his debut. He's just not as media worthy anymore.
1: Yeah, right. Uh, The last team we can talk about, which is a team that I was interested about, was the Wizards and kind of what they're going to do with Bradley Beal. They've been really bad so far. Uh, I think they're maybe last in the East, second to last maybe, but um, they're just really not doing that well. Westbrook is kind of falling off. He's probably still putting up numbers, but I haven't seen too much about him. I don't think he's doing that well. And Bradley Beal is the perfect opportunity for ask for, to ask for a trade. I don't think they've played the last like five or six games. They've all been canceled because of too many coronavirus cases. They might be playing tonight or tomorrow if they got things figured out, but – I think Bradley Beal now is this opportunity to maybe leave or go somewhere else. or uh, This team's just yet again having so many problems.
0: Yeah, just a bad basketball team, a bad organization. I think Beal will be shipped out eventually. I sure hope so because I love to see him be in a winning organization, winning culture. I'm not sure if he'll get to choose. I doubt it, but I think he'll end up being shipped out. Russell Westbrook, now that, he's a different story because he's not as, a, as valuable as Beal and his contracts uh hard to make trades work with because no one's really he's not as worth much he's not worth as much as guys that are making the same amount of money as he is I think if if Westbrook was able to rework his contract to bring down the salary we could see the Wizards take a San Presti Thunder approach and just try to trade their their two stars per se for for a load and a load of assets and draft picks what are your thoughts on on that uh possible idea
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of directions they could take, but the one direction I can't see is them just pressing forward with this team. They need to make changes to the roster somehow. I don't know if it would be Beal, if it would be Westbrook, if it would be other people. I mean, Thomas Bryant was looking good, and then he had this injury, and then the Wizards are just bad. Bradley Beal, I think he's averaging the most in the league right now, around 32. He didn't even make the all-star team last year. It's because he's stuck in Washington, and they're just so bad. They, they need to make some sort of move. I don't know exactly what that would be, but I do think they need to do something.
0: Yeah, definitely agree. I think this is the, this is the best format we've had so far, just an open discussion, to, uh, talking about every team a little bit. So we'll continue to, to do this on a week-by-week basis. And thanks for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow.